Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. I hope that you're enjoying this Christmas season. It is just a great time of year. I know that I enjoy it. And if you want to go ahead and just put in what um, maybe your favorite Christmas movie is, I can tell you so far, the favorite Christmas movie in our house has been The Grinch. In fact, I think that we have watched Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas I, I want to say somewhere in the realm of eight times this year already. It is Thomas's favorite Christmas movie right now. And it's really fun to watch Thomas watch The Grinch because he likes to go and quote it and act it out and things like that. So that is really fun. But go ahead and just in the comments, put what your favorite Christmas movie is. Mine is probably um, a Christmas carol uh, and specifically the Alistair Sims one, uh, and we, we actually have not watched that yet this year up to this point, but it is coming soon uh, that Sarah and I will sit down and we'll watch that. That is one of our favorite things. We try to normally get it in a couple times over the Christmas season, but uh, we'll at least get it in once here this year. But what what is a favorite Christmas movie that you have? Go ahead and put that in the comments. But today we're going to be continuing our study on Christmas prophecies, and specifically uh, out of Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to come to finishing up this passage of Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, but I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. It is the passage that we've looked at here for the last couple days, and it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of his father David and over his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And we, we come to this last verse of this prophecy, of this Christmas prophecy, which is less to do with the coming king and more to do with his coming kingdom, with his coming kingdom. Uh, and it has a lot to do with his kingdom here in the kingdom of Jesus Christ that we look forward to uh, in coming in its, its fullness. And I'm excited, of course, for the day uh, when we get to see this, this fulfilled. But of course, you can't have a kingdom without a king. And this is the prophesied king, and this is what's prophesied about his kingdom. The first thing is, is that of his government, it says here, uh, it, it, it tells us here, of the increase of his government uh, and peace, there will be no end. There will be no end to the increase, first of all, of his government. And, and, and this kind of flies in the face just a little bit of small government, doesn't it? You know, we we, we often go and we want to have small government and everything like that, uh, which of course uh, is, is true. We do want our government limited, but when Jesus Christ comes, we want him to have full authority. We want him to have full authority, but this is what, what this is really talking about, is that Christ's kingdom is will cover the whole earth, but his increase will be through his law reigning supreme and being followed. And that's really what's being talked about here. When Jesus Christ's kingdom is in full swing, full effect there, when he comes back to establish his millennial reign here, we see that, that his law will have full reign and there will be no outward rebellion. There will be some inward rebellion at, that, at this point in time, but there will be no outward rebellion against him. His law will reign supreme. It will be incredible to go 
and to see. And I'm looking forward to seeing that there, there will be an eradication of that outward sin in his kingdom there that we'll see in that millennial reign. And this will be an incredible increase of his government. Uh, that that law will reach out and it will reach out to every area of people's lives and it will be outwardly obeyed. It will be outwardly obeyed. It'll be just a beautiful, beautiful thing. The, the second thing we see here is that there will be no end to the increase of peace because sin will one day be defeated, at least in that outward sense. It'll be defeated there in his kingdom, and it will eventually be inwardly defeated as well uh, after Satan has one more rebellion. Uh, but there will be perfect peace. There will be perfect peace. There'll be peace between God and men. Uh, God and man, we know that Jesus Christ, at his, at his first coming, he came and the angels proclaimed peace on earth. We've talked about this just a little bit. That, that in that peace on earth, it is a declaration that, that sin is being defeated, and now there is a way of salvation. And of course, it's through putting that sin to death. Uh, ultimately, it is what happens, and there will be peace between God and man, and there will be many, many, many people saved. Many, many, many people saved in the kingdom of Christ, because there will be that perfect peace between God and men. They'll be able to go and to see Jesus Christ. That there will be outwardly no, no war that is going on between God and man. There will be no one who's shaking their fist outwardly at God. But then also, there will be peace between mankind. See, peace can only come through the defeat of sin, true and real peace. And, and where sin remains, peace is lacking. That's the reality of it. When there is sin in your life, when there is sin that, that goes unchecked in your life, it means that there is a place in your life where peace is not there, because peace doesn't dwell where sin abounds. It just doesn't happen. It, 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 doesn't, it, it doesn't coexist. It's an opposite of that. It, sin can never produce peace. That's the reality of it. It can't produce peace. Peace only comes through righteousness. It only comes through righteousness, and so there will be peace between people. All the things that would cause wars and fightings and everything else uh, that, that, that is like that, that will not be there in Christ's kingdom. It will be a beautiful, beautiful thing. But it will also be his kingdom. It will be upon the throne of David. In fact, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, we, we see the Davidic covenant, and this will be a fulfillment of this promise. This is a reminder of that promise here in Isaiah chapter 9. It's a reminder of the promise that we find in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 12 through 16, where it says this, when your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom and he will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. You, you know, this is this is a promise that there will be a king that will come from David's throne that, that will have an established kingdom forever, and it will be upon this earth. You know, I don't want you to go and to be ignorant and to think that Jesus Christ is, is merely reigning from heaven 
right now. Now, he is king. There is no doubt about that. But I don't want you to be ignorant thinking that Jesus Christ is is sitting at his throne uh, that has been promised to him in heaven. No, he's been promised a throne in, in its his father's throne, David's throne, that he will actually come and physically rule this world from. And it will be an incredible incredible thing. It will be a thousand year reign that he will actually fulfill that covenant. That covenant, God doesn't doesn't renege on his promises, on his covenants. Uh, he actually goes and fulfills them. He fulfills his end of the bargain, and he is going to do that with Jesus Christ. That has been prophesied of, and of course, this is really a prophecy of the first coming of Christ, but whenever you prophecy, whenever you see a prophecy of the first coming of Christ, it also has effects on the second coming of Christ. And this is one of those things. It is just an incredible, incredible thing. But it also says here that it will be to order and to establish it. And he will, of course, establish it with judgment and justice. And when will Christ do this? Well, it tells us this in Revelation chapter 20, verses 4 through 6. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. He's going to do this. Jesus Christ is going to establish the order of his kingdom there in the millennial reign. We see this here, and, and of course, it's it's right there in Revelation chapter 20. It is going to be an incredible thing that is being prophesied of here, and he's going to do it with judgment and justice. It's going to be perfect justice. It's going to be perfect judgment that is upon this earth while Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning, and while he goes and he puts regents uh, over the, the, the nations across the earth as he is King of kings and Lord of lords, he delegates authority to others to go and to rule and to reign with him. And he, of course, he is going to do this forevermore. It is going to be just a beautiful, beautiful, great thing. And this is what this prophecy is all about. Now, why can Jesus Christ do this? Why can his kingdom be in such a way that there will be no end, that there will be no end to the increase of his government, that there will be no end uh, to the increase of, of the peace that he brings, that he will actually sit upon the throne of his father David on upon this earth, and that he will establish it with justice and with judgment, and he will reign and rule forever. How can he do all this? Well, it's because he is the king of kings. He is the prophesied king that that did come and that is going to come again. And of course, he is, he has that name or those names of wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of of peace. It's because of who Jesus Christ is that his kingdom can be so great. So what does that have to do with us? Where do we take home? What do we take home from this? Well, first of all, that is the kingdom that Jesus Christ is coming to establish. We are to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? 
What does an ambassador do? Well, an ambassador works for the king. And of course, he represents the kingdom of the king. We need to be going and living in such a way that we are representing the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of Christ, by going and promoting his judgments, by going and promoting his justice, by going and promoting his laws, by going and seeking to make the increase of his government because we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. This is what the first coming of Christ, what Christmas commissioned us to be, was ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And when he comes again, then we will be with Christ, living with him as part of his established kingdom on this earth. Man, I look forward to that. So get to work as an ambassador, be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, who is born unto us, a child who is given unto us, because he's not just a child, he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's my King. And of course, if you're saved, he's your King as well. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go.